Tom Kissingberry here. Nah, I'm just kidding. We don't have Tom Kissingberry money. It's just me, Peter Howard, and Jake Anderson meeting at the Dynasty Crossroads once a week for 30 minutes to talk about one player at a time. We look at the film with Jake, we talk about the analytics with me, and we try to come to a consensus. We do have a pretty cool theme song, though. Peter crunches numbers and Jake just grinds that tape. I am seven rounds into my winning SFB9 squad, guys. Be worried. That's Stompy Sam Lane. I'm pretty sure there's a conspiracy against me, so I don't win back to back. Oh, he found out. I am John, the protext of context, Hogue, and this is the Super Flex Super Show. Welcome back, super friends, to another episode of the Super Show. As we roll on through the offseason, working on hacking and unpacking the processes and building a winning Dynasty Superflex roster. And today we are we're gonna we're kind of working here on the uh, the whole teach a man to fish, teach a person to fish. Sorry, ladies. Uh, we're, we're going to teach some people how to fish today rather than doing it for them. So the idea here, I guess, is we're going to kind of flesh out the process of making roster decisions by adding context and considering context, uh, two things that are, that make it really tough to make accurate, good decisions in roster building and, uh, two things that end up missing quite a bit. Uh, in our in our daily conversations about this topic, so uh, basically, here's let's just jump right into this, guys, because we put up a poll on Twitter uh, today, the day that we're recording this, that was kind of missing some context. So we're gonna start with just the poll itself. Here's here's the poll that we put up in a Dynasty Superflex startup with 0.25 point per carry and six-point passing touchdowns, which of these quarterbacks would you prefer for your quarterback one? Do you want Cam Newton? Do you want Matt Ryan? Do you want Lamar Jackson? Do you want Mitchell Trubisky? And just for kicks, just to see what happens, let's throw in Marcus Mariota as well. Do you? Which of those quarterbacks do you want is your quarterback one? We're just throwing in Marcus Mariota, huh? That, that makes sense because he would be a throw-in for any trade I would make anyway. So um, you son of a- I, I, out of these, I, th- I think it's pretty easy for me, man. I mean, I like Cam a lot. I really like Lamar Jackson and his At- upside. Cam a lot. <laughs> God. <laughs> Are you done? Are you done, sir? I, I, I think I'm done, King Arthur. 
and my nights. And I, I like I like Mitchell Trubisky as well. Uh, I really do. But how is it not Matt Ryan, man? I mean, that guy was fantastic last year. We know what he's capable of. He's capable of being a top five quarterback for a few years here. And I mean, he's got Julio coming back. He's got Calvin Ridley, who you know is 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 fantastic and had eight touchdowns or ten touchdowns, something like that last year. Um, we have Austin Hooper, who who has really come into his own at tight end. Uh, the running game, you know, Devontae Freeman's going to make that running game better, which means play action will work better. And uh, you know, Devontae Freeman's a good pass catching back, and so. I, I I don't see how it can't be Matt Ryan here. And I mean, out of these four, it's it's Matt Ryan. It's pretty easy for me. What do you guys think? I get the six point touchdown leans Matt Ryan, but the point two five point per carry leans the other three fairly heavily for me. I don't think I really need to tell you who I'm picking there. No what about way. Ryan? There's no way you're taking. Yeah, you could say Marcus Mariota. That's okay. Oh my god! Because you said the other three, you didn't even acknowledge Mariota. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How disrespectful! How rude! I mean, he's not even a starting QB at this point, is he? Good point. Yeah, he is. <laughs> point, zombie. No, that's not a point. Any, anyway, just answer the question. Um. Yeah. All right. Soy and this boy. is the argument. I, I get it. I get. In terms of like those four, I get why you're picking at least Cam and Matt Ryan above them. But the point yeah. two five point per carry is what does it for me. Because if you actually look at what Cam has done the last or throughout his career, he averages about 22 passing touchdowns. He averages about 700 yards on the ground. And... I mean, he there's there's times where he's been a the QB one, and I think oh, and and I guess the other aspect is he has thirty usually averages about thirty five hundred yards through the air. But with Lamar Jackson, I still think you're getting like eight to ten carries a game. You're getting probably eight hundred, and pro he can probably approach a thousand yards a season on the ground, wow. and then. Yeah, I mean that well, and let's look at it this way. He was on pace through the seven games that he played, or sorry, the seven games he started, he was on pace to break Michael Vick's quarterback rushing record in a season. I don't think that's going to happen, but or, or I don't think he, he's going to maintain that, but he's still going to get eight hundred to a thousand yards rushing. Uh not to mention I personally believe that he will get over 3,000 yards passing, and then he's probably going to get 25 to 30 touchdowns. And that puts him in the, and I've said top 10 and even top five QB conversation. His ceiling is higher than any of these guys. Man, oh man, that's, that's a lot of, uh, a lot of touchdowns. That's all purpose, right? That's passing and rushing. Right. So let's say okay. twenty. Let's say twenty passing touchdowns. Twenty to twenty-five passing, five to ten rushing. Okay. That's still ridiculous, John. Bring some order to the round table. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. For me, it's it's man. It's a, it actually is pretty tough. I think I'm going to stick with Cam Newton here. 
I've got him ranked ahead of all these guys in four point passing touchdowns. What? I think that I, I do think that the six point passing touchdown elevates Matt Ryan. I think the point two five per carry balances that back out. So uh, I, I think that my rankings pretty much just stay right where they're at with these guys. And Cam Newton is still QB six. Yeah. QB six for me. So yeah, I think it stays that way. Uh, but so to get to the, the real crux of this episode, we're, uh, we're going to create a, a hashtag here, hashtag no context. And this poll probably should have had that hashtag on it. It should have, so we should have put hashtag no context on here because, and, and feel free to start using that uh, dynasty Twitter uh, on all your trade polls uh, because there was an important piece of context missing from this. Um, that was that we just didn't have the characters to put on this poll. So this is a our vampire league, our six division, six vampire league that uh, so many of you are involved in, uh, as well as some of the some of our absolute favorite podcasts. Um, and I just want to shout out all those guys real quick: the Trade Addicts Podcast, the Dynasty Trades HQ Podcast, the Open Bar, uh, Dynasty Game Night, and then. Tom Kislingberry, the inventor, the innovator of the Vampire League format. And then we've got a vampire. And in this startup draft that's going on right now as we speak, the the vampire isn't involved in the startup draft. It's ele- the 11 other teams. And the vampire has to just deal with the scraps that are left once the draft is over. With one exception, we get we get one draft pick. When the 11th quarterback comes off the board, the vampire gets to jump in to the draft and take a quarterback. And that's it. We're building our team around that one quarterback. So all of a sudden, there's a whole new set of context to this entire conversation. You only get one of these quarterbacks, and then you're going to have a bunch of waiver wire scraps is essentially it. So based on that, and the only way that you're going to get a, a quarterback. We also don't get draft picks, by the way. We don't get rookie draft picks either, unless we steal them or manage to steal actual players. So our only chance to get another quarterback to go along with whoever this guy is going to be is to win a game and steal a quarterback from the team that we vanquished. So all of a sudden, there's a whole new set of context to this. You only get one quarterback and it's for several years, and this is a guy that you need to build around and hope that he can help you win some games so that you can improve your team. Now, 0.25 per carry and six-point passing touchdown. Now, which one of those guys you're taking? Yeah, that changes everything for me. I had Matt Ryan winning this when we originally asked this question, but now you provide that context. Matt Ryan is 35 years old. Look, we're probably not going to win any games building our team off the waiver wire year one. Um, if we are, we might win one if we're lucky. Um, you know, and and so we're in this for the long haul. Matt Ryan's already 35 years old. I just don't think he's going to be around long enough for up to us to really reap the benefits of having him. So to me, 
I, I just throw him out of the equation. So now I'm looking at the other guys. Well, Cam is 30, um, but boy, he's taken a beating and, you know, he's already kind of injured and I don't know how much longer he's going to be running, to be honest. And, you know, he's, he's getting up there in age two. I don't know how, how much longer, what, what happens when he loses a step, you know, does he still provide that ceiling? Um, because the rushing numbers might go down. And so to me, man, that hurts him a little bit because, yeah, I start to wonder about, you know, when we get when when we really need them, when we get decent, you know, is he gonna be around and is he gonna be very good? And I I just don't know. So now I'm looking at uh the other three. Marcus Mariota, I can throw him in the trash because that's where he belongs. So now it's the other two, Lamar Jackson or Mitchell Trubisky. And to me, this this is really close. Um Lamar Jackson, I think Stompy really has sold me on him. Um his upside is amazing. Um, they're going to throw more. They're going to pass more. There's no way that they don't. Um, and I think he'll be a better passer than people give him credit for. I also feel like his rushing upside um, really limits his floor um, to where, you know, he has a pretty safe floor with 0.25 point per carry. But I also really like Mitchell Trubisky. And the thing with Mitchell Trubisky is I like his weapons better. I like his coaching better. Um, I think I can rely on Matt Nagy to to utilize him a little bit more in the passing game, at least. Um, but he's also he's also athletic. He's also mobile. He'll also run a little bit, not nearly as much as Lamar will. Uh, I know that, but he, he's still he's not a non-factor in the point uh, two five point per carry at least. So, to me, it's really close between those two. It's almost like a coin flip. But I'm gonna side with the bull here and go with Mitchell Trubisky. Stompy, uh, does this change anything for you? No. Nope. It's still, still nope. Lamar. Still Lamar. <laughs> okay. Uh, by the way, I thought of something. Um, James F. Catullus, JFK. That's where Camelot came from. Oh, okay. JFK, okay. Camelot. Yeah. All right, all right. Yeah, very cool. Uh, <laughs> very, Also very distracting. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I mean... To me, it it does at that point it becomes either Trubisky or Lamar, and I I mean I still I I I don't totally disagree with you, Stompy, as far as the ceiling for Lamar Jackson. The problem is there. I, if we're being honest here, man, there isn't much of a floor there. Like there, no wide receivers. I mean this this could be a very run heavy offense the the numbers you're projecting him for are very ambitious if we're being honest how hold on how are they ambitious because like how how is he going to get to 20 passing touchdowns without throwing the ball without anybody to throw to he's, he's still going to throw the ball like 425 times why what did do people not like do people think like oh well he'll only throw the ball 350 times you you understand yeah. you understand last season that the the lowest throwing total was 427 times by the Seattle Seahawks, right? Yeah, but Lamar Jackson only started seven games. That's fine. I'm saying that the lowest was by the Seattle Seahawks. That yeah. includes Marcus Mariota and Blake Gabbert on the Tennessee Titans. The two. Let's be realistic here. The worst QB duo in the NFL last season. Mm -hmm. And the Seattle Seahawks had the most lopsided. I, I don't even know how to say this, but 
basically the run to pass ratio was the most lopsided we've seen in several seasons. So I think it's kind of unambitious or ambitious to think that he won't surpass 400 passing attempts. Really? So yes. he had 170 attempts in seven games. So divide by seven, that's 24.28 attempts per game. Let's times that by 16, 388.6. As a rookie. As as a rookie, sure. As a rookie sure. in an which, offense that was not built for him. Which I mean it's it's still it's it's still not built for him to throw the ball. I'm and nobody's saying he's going to throw it in an inordinate amount of times. I'm saying he's going to throw it over four hundred times. Okay, but I just extrapolated what he did last year over that was, Okay, games. that's fine. That was last season in an uh -huh. offense that was not built for him in his rookie season with an offensive coordinator that did not know how to use him. And yeah. all he has to do is up his passing total by 12 to hit 400. And that defense kept them in multiple games that they had no business being in. So they were afforded to be able to run the ball away during games. I don't think that's going to be the case this year. That defense definitely got worse. Like it's not, this is not a run. I mean, it's a run first offense. I'll give, I'll give you that, but it's not a 60%, 40% run first offense. It's going to be like a 50, 50 run first off, or it's going to be more 50, 50 than anything. And to think that he's not going to throw over 400 times considering the history of the NFL and where we're at, considering the history of his now offensive coordinator who hasn't allowed or who who's, whose lowest attempt total for a quarterback is 416 attempts in a season, whose lowest yardage total was 3,100 or over just over 3,100 to think that all of a sudden this is going to change. And Lamar Jackson's going to throw it 350 times. I think is crazier than me saying he's going to throw it 450 times. Meanwhile, I'm sitting here doing some math, and what I'm coming up with is about 3,600 yards passing, which mm -hmm. I think that's somewhere in the neighborhood of what you were saying, if he maintains his 58% completion percentage. Right. Which, I, I, although, I mean, I, I, I have a right. tough time believing that one. If I mean, if you're, if, if the attempts really are going to go up as much as you're as you're expecting i mean it, it it feels a little hard to believe that he maintains 58 percent. but i mean for argument's sake I'll, I'll give you that that part's possible for sure i i think he's going to be above 60 percent next season really he's he's going to improve that much anyway, after, that much just, it's two percent just after just seven games it's two percent yeah but i mean the attempts have to go up pretty that, significantly I mean, not not significantly. I mean, uh, the total number of attempts, not the total number of not the attempts per game. I'm talking about just the total number of attempts up yes. from 170 up to in the neighborhood of 400. But you you're not. I mean, you're not counting any. I mean, you're you're not uh, putting in any improvement there. 
he's going from a yeah. rookie in an where his rookie season where he did not start as the starting quarterback mm-hmm. at the start of the season or even in training camp to being thrown at into the game as a starter in the middle of the season having zero chemistry with any of his pass catchers yeah. with an offense that was built for Joe Flacco with an offensive coordinator that basically held him back as a passer to a brand uh, an offense built around him who he will have chemistry now he will have chemistry or some chemistry with his pass catchers he will have an off maybe i said this already an offense built around him his offensive coordinator has already demonstrated these numbers with running quarterbacks mm-hmm. and you're not going to put any improvement in that i mean not necessarily i i don't think that it's that it's a slam dunk no i mean first of all keep in mind He's only got seven games as a starter. He's still essentially a rookie for more than half of this upcoming season. I mean, is that fair to say? I mean, I I don't like how you do math because you did this with Corey (laughs) Davis. And it's nonsense. It's complete complete bull hockey. It's not nonsense. Okay. But, okay, the other problem is, again, the wide receivers are all rookies. The tight uh, ends are I in mean, their second year. Again, we're not we're not talking about him throwing an inordinate amount. Like we're talking about four hundred to four hundred fifty passes. Like it's not he's not going to be leading the league in terms of passing attempts. That yeah. would lie. That would lie as the third. He would rank th- or the Ravens would rank thirtieth as a team in passing attempts. It just uh, it just doesn't add up to me. For him to to attempt that many passes to a, a a group of young, inexperienced targets, weapons, and you know in, improve on his completion percentage without those those completions being uh, shorter distances, shorter yardage. So I, and, and probably fewer touchdowns. I mean, it just, it doesn't add up to me for this off. This offense is not set up to be that prolific in the passing game. And it's not, it's not, I, I, that that's, that's the crux of my argument as I don't know why, why you think that like, let's just say 3000 yards and 20 touchdowns is prolific. I mean, that's that's uh, to me, that's prolific for a quarterback who's still working on his first full year as a starter and a group of wide receivers who have zero NFL experience. I mean, I don't know what else to say to you besides (laughs) I've made this argument like ad nauseum. Yeah. Yeah. Nauseum and nauseating. Um, Yeah. No, it's. I, like I said, I I fully acknowledge the upside of Lamar Jackson. To me, the Bears' offense is set up to be a little bit more prolific. They've got better wide receivers with more NFL experience. I think they've got better coaching. Uh, I think that the running game the running game is probably better in Chicago. The offensive line is arguably better in Chicago, uh, and the defense might be worse um which means chasing more points so there there's a lot to like about Mitchell Trubisky I I think that it's super close 
Um, but just based on what I what I feel the floor is going to be for Mitchell Trubisky, I'm taking him over Lamar. That's fair enough. I obviously agree with it, but I think you're absolutely nuts if you think that the Bears' defense might be worse than Baltimore's this year. Really? Okay, that's fair. I mean, they lose Vic, Vic Fangio. Um, they do, they do, and that that'll be that'll be a, an interesting loss. But I think, I think uh, they also lost Bryce Callahan, who followed Vic Fangio. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I'm also yeah. going to say you're a little bit nuts for thinking that the run game is better, but. That's me. Really? That offensive line is atrocious. Hmm. According to Football Outsiders, their adjusted line yards was 28th in the league versus Baltimore's ninth. Hmm. Okay. Well, so anyways, we, we ended up taking Mitchell Trubisky here. Um, I got overruled. It's nonsense. I <laughs> yeah, a little, a little bit, but uh, again... Too. I, I, it was close. It was tough because um, Lamar does certainly have. I I think Lamar Jackson probably has more upside than Mitchell Trubisky. I'll I'll give you that much. Uh, the other problem is with a running quarterback, it's hard to feel comfortable long term. And in this case, you know, we we actually did put it on the trade poll that we're trying to look at a five year window, which in Dynasty we typically don't want to do. But in this case, I mean, it, it seriously might be five years before we get our third win, third or fourth win. So, you know, we need a quarterback who's going to stick around until we actually can string some wins together and start improving this team. And there's, to me, there there is an inherent injury risk with Lamar Jackson just based on the frequency of the running and the way that offense is going to is going to design runs for him. So um I we could absolutely get that one wrong easily, but Mitchell Trubisky just barely wins out in this case. But we need to move on. <laughs> We've got a few of these. Um I don't think there there's going to be nearly as much discussion on some of these, but uh maybe, who knows. So this first so this next one, hashtag no context. And I want to know from let's let's start with you, Stomp. What is the value of a 2020 first in terms of 2019 draft picks? I'm still tilting about Lamar Jackson, by the way. <laughs> yeah, you'll get to talk more about it. In terms of 2019 draft picks, yeah. What is the value of a random 2020 first? I mean, I would take random 2020 first after. Probably, God, I might. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I want to say this fire take or not. Uh-huh. I might take a random twenty twenty first over any any twenty nineteen first. No, you wouldn't. I'm I'm not kidding. Like over Kyler Murray. Oh shit! I, I keep forgetting who I'm talking to. <laughs> Sorry. After okay, one point, over, after over Josh one, Jacobs. Over after one point. Those are the only two that I would argue I would take over the random 2021st right now. Okay. Well, and this is kind of why I threw it to you. I mean, without context, I felt like you would probably value a 2021st the highest. Yeah. But I also, this one, I probably want an answer from both of you guys, but I'm going to start with James. What about in terms of players? 
uh, uh, give me a player that you would trade straight up for a random 2020 first, James. Ooh, that's interesting. I had not thought about players. Um, or Stompy, whoever whoever comes up with one first, throw it out there. For a random, it, give me the the highest valued player. Uh, whether it's your own rankings, ADP, whatever, that you would trade for straight up for a 2021st. Maybe Tyler Boyd. Yeah, that's, that's getting that's pretty. That's close. a pretty good one. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't want to go crazy on this and say Amari Cooper. Oh so sh- no! Don't do that. <laughs> do it because I'm gonna lose my goddamn mind. I, I wouldn't. <laughs> I'm gonna let him. I, I wouldn't do it only because I know others would value. Amari Cooper way higher, so obviously I wouldn't because of his value. But a push came to shove, and I had to choose one, and I would take the twenty twenty first. I'd probably take a random twenty twenty first over like oh for Damian Williams, Leonard Fournette. Yeah, those are good ones too. Um, what about Mark. a? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah what a, what about a quarterback from you guys? Thing the thing about quarterbacks, and and we talked about it on the last show. Is it quarterback is so deep right now that it's really hard to say. Like mm-hmm. for me personally, I would probably take a 2021st over Josh Allen, but in terms of value, I know I can get more for Josh Allen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Drew, I'd probably do it over a guy like Jimmy G. Yeah, okay. I probably would too. Jameis Winston. Definitely the older guys, right? Breeze Brady. Yeah. Roethlisberger, Rivers? Roethlisberger, no. Oh, okay. Wow. Because I think Roethlisberger's, I mean, after he signed that two-year contract, I think his value jumped a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Derek Cart. I mean, do we really have to say, like, Marcus Mariota? <laughs> no, we don't. Yes, Marcus Mariota, I would not trade for 2021st. You can oh, stop my. there. But What? Yeah. You're nuts. You can't you, be you kidding heard me. You, you, you showed me you're nuts. What? You heard me? I'm no saying. way. Yes. Are yeah. you you you're telling me that a random 2021st is not worth Marcus Mariota? Correct. I I think we can have an entire show <laughs> having an argument about Marcus Mariota because there is and literally Jackson, there's apparently. literally nothing you can say to me. That's going yeah. to tell me Marcus Mariota is worth a 2021st. Literally nothing. Okay. Well, then I won't even try right now, but I'm going to just know that I stand by that. That's wild. And just know that you make me so angry every week. Uh, all right. How about Sam Darnold? I would probably take Darnold over the 2021st. Okay. Ooh, that one is close. Yeah. Man, I. Thinking random 2021st, yeah, even if I just consider it a mid 2021st, like six through eight. Um, yeah, I think I'm probably, I think I'm probably taking Darnold. It's okay. close though, man. That one's tough. That was, that well, was and, a- and even further context. Yes, this being a super flex show. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still view most of the players in the 2020 class that we think are going to come out as better than these quarterbacks, obviously, but I mean, just the value of quarterbacks and super flex. Yeah. Like that's yeah, why I'm saying that, like Josh Allen, like 
I that, that like one's I said, tough. I personally would take a 2021st over him. Like if I'm if I'm looking at it just in terms of how I value him, but I know like I'm lower on Josh Allen than a lot of people, and I can get more for Josh Allen. Yeah. But yeah, I think and- I think like Jimmy G, Jameis Winston, like that's kind of the line for me there is I would take a 2021st for those two. Yeah. I don't know that I would do it for Garoppolo either. Um, just I, the only reason I would do it for Winston is because I just I don't believe in Winston at all. I don't believe that he's going to be able to keep that job. I think he's somebody's backup next year. So, but you know that with Garoppolo, kind of like Mariota, the deal is that the story is far from written. I don't I don't want to bail before I know. Now, I know that you guys claim to know what's going to happen with Mariota, but uh, it's reality, already happened. It's not even I know. It's already happened. He's already it, lost his job. He has not. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. But anyways, let me, let me give you guys – now let's let, – again, hashtag no context on that question. So let me fill in the blanks as far as the context here. So this, this was an excellent question that I got from uh, my friend Ben Ebby. It's at Mr. Underscore E-B-Y on Twitter. And he so he was asking about 2021st, and he was talking about the top three uh, 2021st picks. And obviously, you know, that we, we have no way of predicting that. So let's do this instead. Let's jump in the time machine to a year from now. We know that the 20, we know that you're, that you're talking about a 2020, top three pick and we know who's already let and let's let's say that uh, that all the guys we think are going to come out actually do all those guys actually declare now what is that first worth what is what is 1.01 worth in terms of players and maybe even put a name to it whether it's whether your top guy is jerry judy or DeAndre Swift or Travis Etienne or one of the quarterbacks. If you think whoever you think is going to be 1.01 in next year's draft class, let's 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 do what we absolutely hate doing and let's go ahead and project this stuff for a minute. Let's say those guys are going to be there and you know for a fact that you've got 2021.01. Where's that player going to go in a startup? What is his value in terms of uh, current NFL players. I got asked this question too, and I gave him a range. I said a second round of fifth round startup pick. Yeah, that's about what I said too. Um, putting name to it, and again, we're projecting here because I think Dalvin Cook's going to have a good season, but if he doesn't, he has another injured season. Mm-hmm. I'd take, I'd probably take DeAndre Swift ahead of Dalvin Cook. Even if he has a good season, is that what you said? No, no. If he doesn't, if he if oh, he okay. has like an injured uh, injured season or he has just a bad season overall, I would probably put like and Dalvin Cook's going twenty seventh overall according to DLF ADP. I I would probably put uh, Swift there. James Connor's another one that uh, has question marks around him. I would take Swift if he doesn't live up to his billing. So what if they do? What if they maintain their ADP? Where are you taking these guys? So 
Uh, looking at last month's, we don't quite have July Superflex ADP yet on DLF. We're working on that right now. I would take a, a like DeAndre Swift over on Antonio Brown at 29. Okay. So uh, kind of early to mid third, third round. Yeah. What do, what do you think, James? I'm going to put a name out there, and you guys are probably going to call me nuts. But this is – okay, so this is in a vacuum. We obviously don't know. I Right now, Swift is my number one, too. DeAndre Swift would be my, my number one pick. Mm-hmm. So assuming that he's there, and, again, we have no idea landing spot. We have no idea situation. So it's just kind of all in a vacuum. But I think I would put him with a second-round ADP. Um, and I know that's probably higher than most would, but I think I would. And I think I would probably take him ahead of a guy who I already mentioned. I would probably take him ahead of Amari Cooper. I knew, I knew you were going to say it. I saw it on my screen. And I was like, well, he's going to say Amari Cooper. God. Yep. yep. And I did. And I, w- I would, I would take him, but I, I, Stompy, I will say you brought up a very good name. James Connor is a name that I think is very interesting because if Connor has even an average year or slightly above average year, um, I think that's an interesting question. Um, but I think I would take him over, over Connor as well, even if Connor has a pretty good year. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it's interesting. This is an interesting question, but to me, I think I would probably put him second to third round. Um, and this again is in a vacuum, not knowing situation or anything or any type of circumstance, but, uh, but you know, if everyone's available, he's there and he ends up in a nice situation. I think that's where I'd, I'd put him. So let's even, I mean, since we're trying to remove the vacuum altogether here, let's do that. Let's put him in a situation even. So two of them that kind of stand out to me. So uh, first of all, today, uh, the day that we're recording this, the news broke that Melvin Gordon wants either contract extension or to be traded out of L.A. So to me that, I mean, there's a potential opening there. Uh, if if they end up trading him, I which by the way, I'm, I'm not going to make a prediction one way or the other there. But if that ended up happening, all of a sudden the Chargers job opens up and they really have no reason to draft anything other than a first-round running back in 2020. I mean, that's that's a hell of a job right there. The other one that I would say, I'll, I'll tread a little bit lightly on this one, but this is one that could easily open up as well. Uh, depending on how things fall in 2019, but Atlanta, I mean, it's a short move for, for Swift and that's a, it's a very good offensive line. All of a sudden it's a, it's an explosive offense. All they're missing is a durable running back, every down running back, you know, if, if, so if that happens, so all of a sudden, so we're, we're putting Deandre Swift in one of two very good situations where where do you see yourself a year from now taking him in Superflex startups? Uh, yeah, well, first off, if DeAndre Swift is in Atlanta, I'm taking him second round um, easily. Uh, right where I said ahead of Cooper, I think that is best best possible situation for him. And that is again kind of with the with the determination that Freeman gets hurt again and Atlanta's ready to move on from him. I don't know that that happens. 
But if that were the case and he were to end up in Atlanta, which, I mean, he just played in Georgia, it wouldn't be a huge adjustment for him. Um, you know, so I think that would be a good situation. And the offense um, provides excellent opportunity for any running back. And DeAndre Swift is really good. So, um, yeah, so if we're if we're doing that, if we're putting some context to it, and he ends up in Atlanta, I am definitely taking him early second. Yeah, I mean, if if Melvin Gordon lands somewhere outside of LA, I'm dropping Melvin Gordon in my dynasty ranks, and he right now is going in the back end of the first. Um. I mean, that's tough because there's – I mean, according to the to this ADP, you have Dijon Watts and Aaron Rodgers, uh, Andrew Luck right in the beginning of the second. But, like, where I would think about it, maybe Michael Thomas area, which is the beginning of the second. Maybe Mike Evans, Baker Mayfield area, which is the middle of the second. Wow, that puts him ahead of Nick Chubb. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, like, as much as I believe in Nick Chubb and his pass-catching abilities, he hasn't shown it yet. Like, and they have they have Duke Johnson, they have Kareem Hunt. Like, he may not get a chance to show it next season. Mm-hmm. And if, like, if he lands in Atlanta or Houston or Tampa Bay or L.A., he automatically becomes a three-down back. And he's already demonstrated his ability to pass catch. So if that is the case, if he lands in one of those spots where he is a three down back, he's got it. I mean, he's got to, and it's hard to say this because I think Nick Chubb's going to have a monster season, but his ceiling's capped. And I think DeAndre Swift's ceiling is sky high. If he lands in one of those places. No, I like that. That's that. I think that's kind of what we were looking for. Like what's the, kind of the best case scenario what's the kind of shoot the moon scenario and uh, you know that's the type of thing that 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 context really can can you know kind of drag out and and shine a spotlight on so so yeah i i think that that's a i like that answer uh i don't know if i would go that high but um i mean there there's a good chance that a year from now that's what you're looking at now you know, back to the the reality of the situation. We have no way of knowing what 1.01 is. We have no way of knowing who's going to declare. So don't try and project that. <laughs> but um, yeah, just kind of looking forward to a year from now, there's a good chance that the running back who goes 1.01, and I also believe that it's going to be a running back uh, in, in super flex rookie drafts, is probably going to be somewhere in the second round of startup drafts. I, I do believe that. Um, not quite Zeke, not quite Saquon, but you know, maybe a small step below that. So, but let's get to this next one. So this is more a redraft. Um, so there is a little bit of context, but this is meant for a redraft superflex. Hashtag no context. Which which is more a more important position to fill quarterback or running back, meaning you've got two quarterbacks and you've got a handful of running backs, which position are you going to continue to hammer? If you know, all things being equal, as far as what's on the board, are you, are you looking for a third quarterback or are you willing to punt on bye weeks 
at the quarterback and super flex position and just roll with a running back. Well, I fully expect Stompy and I to disagree on this, but I want a quarterback here. I want my third quarterback. I'm, I might even want my fourth um, before I'm looking at running back. And uh, to me, it's it's super important to have quarterbacks that I feel comfortable with. Um, John, I think you've gone over it uh, several times in how how the value is for quarterbacks. It's cheapest in a startup draft, and it really is. Um, trying to acquire one via trade is, I mean, it's going to cost you um, because there's really no other place to get a quarterback if you need one other than going to another team. There's rarely anything on the waiver wire that you're going to find. So um, that's, that's just it. Like it just seems to me that uh, – that because of that, you know, uh, that that's good enough reason on its own. Uh, but also for me, I mean, I, I really need to have a, a certain comfort level at the quarterback position. Um, if, if I'm not comfortable with my third quarterback and my second one goes down or my first one goes down and I have to rely on that guy weekly and it's Joe Flacco as opposed to, you know, somebody who I feel decent about, like maybe – I don't know. Andy Dalton is a guy who I feel pretty decent about this year. Um, then I, I, you know, I, or, or you know, I, I have Dalton and, and, you know, instead of Nick Foles um, to me, that's, that's, that's where I need it. I need to, to know that, Hey, for at least the two bye weeks, I got a guy who I, I can count on. And if injuries happen, this is a guy I feel okay plugging in there and running back. I feel like you can find some guys off the waiver wire throughout the course of the year. I think it's easier to do that at running back than it is at quarterback. So for me, the answer is quarterback here, but Stompy, I have a feeling you might disagree. The reason I disagree, and this is going to tickle John a little bit is the injury proneness of running backs. Um, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. That is that tickle is a good word for that. Uh, that, that creates kind of a discomfort, but uh, I can't totally figure out why. I mean, uh, I, like, you, I don't, I don't like the injury word prone. tickles weird. Yeah. Well that, yeah, that, that part is a little weird. Please don't um, tickle me. try, <laughs> try not to tickle me anymore. I'm going to tickle your pickle. <laughs> I know we get tired. Uh, but, I mean, that's a, that's a different conversation altogether. We, we might be able to negotiate that one. But, right. But yeah. I guess for me, the difference between, let's say a Derek Carr, Andy Dalton, and the difference between a Nick Foles, Joe Flacco type is not a major difference. I would rather have somebody I trust at running back that can step in if, say, a Joe Mixon or a Dalvin Cook or a Leonard Fournette, and I would not be caught dead with a Leonard Fournette, so whatever. Uh, but if if I did have an injury to my running backs, I feel that I want somebody to to be there to step into that place instead of having a third running back or a third quarterback like Andy Dalton, like Derek Carr, because like we, like you guys said, you're, you're all you're asking for them is to start two weeks when they're, when you're on bye weeks and they're likely going to give you double digit points regardless. And, but if you lose a running back and you have one of those guys that you pick up on the waiver wire and you, you're going to have to trust that you're going to get that guy on the waiver wire, you have no idea if he's going to be able to replace those points. 
Um, so yeah, I would rather like let in that instance that James present James presented, I would rather have, let's say a, an RB two ish. And I don't know if you can grab an RB two there, but I mean, we're talking about round seven, eight, nine, probably. I would rather have an RB two, three than I would have my quarterback three. Yeah. Which that ends up, I mean, that, that actually works out pretty well. Now the tough part is, I mean, you have to have a lot of those, of those running backs who are going to be uh, that much better than, you know, your third quarter, what your hypothetical third quarter back would be, but it's doable. Um, You know, you, I, I throw this stat around all the time, but I did a little bit of research for an article I did a while back for FF statistics, which was that Joe Flacco was a quarterback, uh, I believe 25 uh, in 20, 2018. And in points per game, he outscored all but the top 10 wide receivers and the top 20 running backs uh, in four point per passing touchdowns. Meaning if you had Joe Flacco, you're starting him at Superflex unless you had, you know, enough running backs inside the top 20 to fill all of your starting requirements and all of your flex positions. So, you know, that could be that could be five or six running backs inside the top 20. It's possible to do that, but you know, it's 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 tough to do. I would still prefer a third quarterback just to make sure I've got one at the super flex position at all times but it's absolutely doable to, you know, at least during the bye weeks to, to flex a running back and get at least similar production to the quarterback that you would have uh, put in, in their place. But that's again, hashtag no context. The context here though, is in the Scott fishbowl where, all of a sudden, you've got six point per passing touchdown. You've got negative four points for interceptions. You've got big play, big day bonuses. And uh, there are guys in one of my chat groups talking about, about foregoing that third quarterback and just flexing either a wide receiver or a running back uh, during two bye weeks. Which we looked this up before the uh, before we started recording, and essentially in four point per passing touchdown, like I said, I mean Joe Flacco, uh, Joe Flacco outscored um, you know uh, who's who uh, running back outside the top twenty in points per game, um, Lamar Miller probably, maybe. Um, Derrick Henry. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you, you wanted Joe Flacco starting over Derrick Henry. There you go. But in six point per passing touchdown, all of a sudden, I mean, what were some of the names, uh, some of the guys who outscored Saquon Barkley in six point per passing touchdown? Give me some names. Ben. Yeah. uh, Andrew Luck. I forget Matt Ryan. Don't yeah. we keep going. <laughs> uh, eh, nah, that's okay. So Saquon Barkley was what running back two one. He was running back one in points per game. Yes. 
Oh, um, and points per game, that I don't know. I, that was overall. I think points okay. per game might have been Todd Gurley. Yeah, it looks like Gurley had him beat in points per game, but yeah, that's in 14 games as opposed to Barkley's 16. So very well could have been the running back one. And how so how many quarterbacks is that who outscored him? The the running back one? It was like the top six, top Yeah, eight. it was Patrick Mahomes, Ben Roethlisberger, Matt Ryan, Andrew Luck, Dejon Watson. So five. Yep. Five quarterbacks outscored the top running back, essentially. And I mean, if we were to go down the list and uh, look at the the running backs in point per game, I mean, you're just going to see more and more quarterbacks outscoring those guys. So basically the the point here with context in the context of the Scott Fishbowl scoring, you want a quarterback at Superflex, even in bye weeks, even a bad quarterback it's going to be really difficult to find a running back or a wide receiver who's going to outscore any starting NFL quarterback in this scoring format. And and I'll say what I did in Scott Fish. I, I did take Andy Dalton, I believe, in the eighth as my third quarterback. Um, and the thing is, it, it, with that, like I believe Andy Dalton, and we talked about this last week, can be a QB1. And now I have three options. I have um, Aaron Rodgers, Mitch Trubisky, and Andy Dalton, who all of whom I think can be QB1s. Uh, and I know from last season, from winning it, and yes, this is me just interjecting the fact that I won Scott Fishbowl 8. <laughs> You're talking to the reigning champion. Um, but I had issues with – quarterback towards the end of the season because I had Mitchell Trubisky and Jared Goff, both of whom fell off the face of the planet the second half of the season. Um, and I don't really want to get caught in that again where I don't have another quarterback that can step in and fill those shoes. And now I feel like I have that and I'm not going to miss a beat. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. I think, uh, I think it really I, – I, some of the context just goes to – you know, when, when, when are we doing this? You know, is it, is it the fifth round? Is it the seventh round? Is it the eighth round? What caliber of running back are you passing on for that third quarterback? I think that that uh, answers a lot of those questions for me too. Um, you know, and that, that'll also depend, you know, it's going to be draft dependent. Some drafts quarterbacks are going to go a whole lot sooner uh, than others. Uh, for instance, the, the Scott Fishbowl. Um, I'm, uh, Stompy and I are both in leagues, and it wasn't really the quarterback position, but uh, the running back position and the receiver position. Um, he had a running back go in the fourth round of his that he took, and that went in the seventh round of mine, whereas a receiver that went in the seventh round of mine went, what was it, 13th, Stompy? It was James Washington, wasn't it? Yeah. Didn't he go in the 13th yep. round? So, I mean, it's just, it's it's so much different that uh, it's hard to, it's you know, uh, this is just kind of in a vacuum without any context. It's it's hard to, to know because each draft is different. But, you know, if I'm passing on Darius Geis or, you know, a running back equivalent to that for my third quarterback, I'm probably not doing it. But if I'm passing on a, a running back that's like, um, I don't know, uh, if I'm passing on uh, – somewhere the ADP somewhere around uh I don't know Rashad Penny type thing or um or somewhere around there I'm I'm probably taking that third quarterback so I guess it just kind of depends on where we're at 
So let's get to let's get to the other side of this entire discussion, which is sometimes the context is there and the the answer still is uh is probably going to surprise you a little bit. So um this is uh this is we're going to create another one here. Hashtag even with context. So in so we're talking about a dynasty superflex league here. Uh PPR um, just you know, basic settings. Melvin Gordon, and with the context again being that Melvin Gordon either wants a big contract from the Chargers or he wants out of L.A. And I mean, I don't, I, I don't know that anything is really going to come of this, um, but it's, it's certainly possible. All of a sudden, there's this news cycle affecting Melvin Gordon's perceived value, if nothing else. So this is a trade poll here, Melvin Gordon for uh, David Montgomery, TJ Hawkinson, Justice Hill, and a 2021st, which it sounds like both of you guys were tagged in this poll, correct? Uh, came from at J Money Jarrett. Oh, yeah, Jarrett. Cool. He probably <laughs> tagged me in that one, too. Uh, he just he tagged me in several of them, so uh, I didn't catch all of them. Um but yeah, so so that's the trade with the context that Melvin Gordon may or may not hold out, may or may not stay with the Chargers, may or may not get traded. Um, and so even with that context, though, are you making that trade? Are you giving up Melvin Gordon for that package? Either of you guys? Personally, no, because, I mean, David Montgomery has a question mark. Hawkinson has a question mark this season for me um i know david montgomery doesn't necessarily for you but i view it as i can get david montgomery and hawkinson for cheaper next season because i think their value is going to drop because they're not going to do as well as a lot of people would like them to do yeah i for me i i agree with stompy i'm i'm taking the gordon side um it's a little different for me i i I also I, I I'm a little lower on Montgomery than most, so I, I'm also with Stompy there. Um, so that that def, you know deflates the value a little bit to the package side. But for me, Melvin Gordon, this situation, I mean, it's it's really in the early stages. I mean, it just kind of came out today. We're recording on Thursday. Just kind of came out earlier today, kind of you know that his agent said he would like to be traded if there isn't a uh, and he won't show up for camp if there isn't a a, a deal in place for him. I think we all, a lot of people got burned with the Le'Veon Bell thing. A lot of people didn't see it coming, me included um, in that. But I think it's made us all a little gun shy. Like this this happens a little bit more often than than we think. And um, normally it doesn't work out the way the Le'Veon Bell thing did. Uh, and and I don't think that's going to be the case here. I don't think that the Chargers are going to trade Melvin Gordon. I think they're contenders. I think Melvin Gordon continues to you know, he's one of the better backs in the game. He's going to continue to keep them as a, uh, as a contender, as long as he's there. Um, once, once it's out that, you know, there's a good chance he could get traded. His value goes down. They're not going to get value for him from anyone. Um, so I just, I don't, I don't think that this is really anything that the chargers are going to entertain for a while here. I think it's more likely that we see him sign a contract than it is that we see him dealt. So 
being that that's the way I'm I'm approaching this, I'm not deflating Gordon's value at all, and I'll I'll continue taking Gordon here. Yeah, oh man, and it's tough because I love David Montgomery. So um, the the context of the news cycle doesn't change anything for me either way. I think that I probably would have made that trade yesterday uh, before I heard the news. And again, mainly because I don't feel like it's a huge downgrade to David Montgomery from Melvin Gordon. Not enough to, I, I think the TJ Hawkinson, Justice Hill in that 2021st, I think they make up the difference uh, between Montgomery and Melvin Gordon. Um, but again, I would have made that trade yesterday. I would have made that trade a week ago. I would have traded. I would have made that trade several months ago. Um, so, well, not several months ago, but since David Montgomery became a Chicago Bear and the lead back in a very, very good offense, I would, I would make that trade. It has nothing to do with the new, the news cycle. So, even with context, I'm making that trade. Even with context, you guys are not, and that's all that really matters here. So this next one, Aaron Rodgers has an ADP of in the Scott Fishbowl nine. He's got an ADP of 28. Uh, he's got an average ADP of 38.3. He's got a high uh, drafts, draft slot of 1.02. I wonder who did that. So, yeah, that was yours truly. I, I took him at 1.02. And now even with the context. So the context is... He fell to an average of 28. He actually had a low of 47. So it's possible for him to last into the late in the fourth round. Uh, and he was pretty consistently going in the early third round. So I would have had two more shots at him if I didn't take him at 1.02. But even with that context, I stand by this pick. And here's why. It, it's not even necessarily the fact that quarterbacks are so powerful in this in this format, which they are, by the way, especially a quarterback who throws touchdown passes and protects the ball. Aaron Rodgers does both of those things. To me, Aaron Rodgers is the most likely quarterback to, to have the type of season that Pat Mahomes just had, that we've seen Peyton Manning have, that we've seen Tom Brady have, that 50-plus touchdown season that MVP season to me he's the most likely NFL quarterback to do that in 2019 that doesn't that's certainly not a, a prediction that's just to me that's just a, a probability if anyone's going to do it it's going to be Aaron Rodgers and in in 20 in 2018 he only threw two interceptions he threw 25 touchdowns which was a down year for him you're still getting 12 and a half touchdowns to every interception in a league where, first of all, you get six points for all those touchdown passes, and you also get punished to a tune of four points, negative four points for every interception. So we know how important quarterbacks are in this format. We know how powerful they can be, especially if I'm actually right on this, and he does have that type of season that he's – that he could possibly that he has a potential for that I don't believe anybody else necessarily has as good of a look at it as he does. But the other thing about it is I so I so part of it was 
I wanted to make sure I get Aaron Rodgers. That's the guy I couldn't live without. But now I've got the context here that he could have fallen to me at my second or even third pick. And I still would take him at 1.02 for this reason. Nothing to do with the quarterback position. It's because of the fact that I feel like we're so bad at predicting first-round running backs. The running backs who win championships and win fishbowls, we find those guys in the second and third round, sometimes fourth, sometimes fifth round. Those guys end up jumping up into first-round ADP over the course of the year. And I think I felt like I had a better shot of finding those running backs in those early mid rounds. And so I wanted the quarterback position done, taken care of. So I took Aaron Rodgers at 1.02. And then I had the opportunity to go get the running backs that I thought have a good, have the best chance of jumping from the second and third round. So I got Joe Mixon and Nick Chubb at the two, three turn. And I feel like those guys have a better chance of finishing his high-end uh, running back ones than some of the guys that I could have taken, like you know, Alvin Kamara, uh, James Conner, Dalvin Cook. Even uh, as much as I love Dalvin Cook, uh, David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell. Those are all guys who I you know that I took Aaron Rodgers ahead of just to give me the opportunity to go after the running backs who I think have a better chance in rounds two or three. The funny, hold on. The funniest, <laughs> con, the funniest context of this is that you guys both came at me at the same time. You both well, no, were no, just no. like, he's going to, he's going to come at you because he said yeah. that Aaron Rodgers isn't going to be a top five quarterback the rest of his career. Right. Um, the funny context between you and I is that you took Aaron Rodgers second overall, and I got Aaron Rodgers at the back end of the third. Yeah. But I took Dalvin Cook and Nick Chubb, and I had the chance to take uh, Joe Mixon as well in the first and second, and you somehow got Mixon and Chubb in the second and third. Yeah. So it <laughs> that just tells you exactly how the Scott Fishbowl goes. Yeah. Um, I'm going to I won't necessarily agree with you in terms of he he will reach the heights that Mahomes did last season. I will, however, agree that he is one of the safer quarterbacks this season. Um, and in this format because like we discussed it's a six point touchdown minus four interception and we've seen Aaron Rodgers eclipse 40 um, touchdowns before mm -hmm. but generally averages um, mid 30s yeah mid 30s yeah uh, has only had two double-digit interception seasons in his career. So he has 338 touchdowns to 80 interceptions in his career. 6.2% touchdown percentage to 1.5% interception percentage. Mm -hmm. So, yes, I, I I completely agree. Like, I, I don't – I wouldn't do it because, again, 
I won the uh, Scott Fishbowl eight last season. Don't say it like that, man. Um, and <laughs> making me mad again. <laughs> Mind you, I also predicted a first round running back talent in Alvin Kamara uh-huh. and Christian McCaffrey and Joe Mixon. Um, sorry. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> you actually, but- you, you also predicted it correctly quarterback and i'm surprised that you've kind of bailed on that claim what do you mean oh patrick mahomes yeah well that's fine i listen i'm a good fantasy football player and analyst damn it's it. fine damn it you you just you stroked my ego right there <sighs> i tickled your pickle and you stroked my ego oh jesus all right look. I think I hold on hold on let me let me let me finish this though <laughs> i so yes yeah, so go ahead go, i want to fi- I I finish on john um <laughs> <laughs> all right, this is getting way yeah um hold on this all right so, so but the Family point podcast. was no it's not the the point is aaron Rodgers is a safe bet in this format but in really in any format because the guy's going to throw 30 plus touchdowns more than likely he's going to throw over four thousand yards more than likely he's going to throw less than 10 interceptions more than likely and he's gonna run i guess a little bit maybe not anymore but um He'll run for 200-ish yard, yards, give or take. Um, So, yeah, I, I get why you took him there. I wouldn't have because I feel there's value later um, with guys. Uh, but it, it's a valid point, and I get why you did it. And it just happened to turn out that you not only got a QB or a, probably a top five QB, but you probably got two QB ones in the second and third. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, part of this is I did get lucky with those running backs. I fully acknowledge that. So I, because of that, you and I have almost identical rosters despite being at opposite ends of our, our uh, respective drafts, but all right, James, let's hear it. Yeah. I, okay. So we don't, we don't reward players for past performances. That's, that's what we don't do. So we don't, Stompy won the SFB eight. It doesn't matter because we're under the SFB nine. That doesn't mean he's going to win the SFB nine, right? So just because Aaron Rodgers has done things in no, his no, past, no, no, that's wrong. That's wrong, James. I am going to win SFB nine. Oh my gosh, Jesus, save us all. Um, anyhow, I, I I will say this. Look, we're ignoring. The warning signs with Aaron Rodgers because we just used the he's been so consistent tagline. Here's the problem with that. The problem is, is that in the past two years since losing Jordy Nelson, he hasn't been consistently good. We're ignoring the fact that, I mean, he hasn't he hasn't proven that in the past couple of years. We're, we're also ignoring the fact that he's 35 years old. He's aging. He's behind an offensive line that isn't very good. Didn't protect him well last year. They did very little to address that. And he still has to play guys like Khalil Mack, Daniel Hunter, and that Detroit defense that's improved twice a year. So I I think it's crazy just based on that. But I, I'm not even going to go there. I'm, I'm not even going to – I said my piece about Rodgers, but here's the thing is that I, I think it's – John, man, I mean, I don't know if you're crazy, but you just showed me you're nuts with that because – I just feel like you could have you could have taken whatever running back you were targeting in the second round right there with that first round pick 
and still gotten Rodgers in the second or third. Like it, it, you didn't have to take one of the guys that their ADP was was there, but you still could have taken a running back. So I guess I guess it worked out well. I guess you you know you you kind of lucked out because the running backs fell. But if they didn't, and you would have taken Rodgers, you would have missed out on guys like Le'Veon Bell or guys that you had mentioned that you might have taken there. And uh, and I feel like. This, uh, in my opinion, the safer route would have been to take a running back there, um, even if it's not one of the top fours that uh, that you liked, um, and just kind of kind of figured it out at that point. But that's that's just the way I would have approached it. I don't I don't really actually am kind of jealous of your roster right now, the SFB roster that you put together, because man, when the running backs fell, that really helped, and you just you have a nice roster. So I'll give you that. Everything worked out. Maybe I should start listening to you. <laughs> but um yes i said my piece all right (laughs) man i need to win this thing so that i can actually say yeah i have a championship belt you should listen to me oh my god this i i would have to quit this podcast (laughs) way i could podcast with the two of you if if, oh man i'd be happy for you if you want it by the way Oh, I'd be absolutely ecstatic for you. Um, while <laughs> that I, you'd quit the podcast. podcast. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that would be a little weird for me to podcast with the last two uh, SFB winners. But uh, no, I would be happy for, for, I'd be happy for you if you did it. I would be secretly happy for Stompy if he's able to repeat. Um, I'm going right. to be, I'm going to be insufferable if he, uh, that, repeats. That is correct. We're insufferable. <laughs> oh no, I, you haven't even seen it. You haven't even seen it. Oh uh, yeah, Ooh, sweet Jesus! Can't even imagine. We're we're talking like shaving SFB nine champ into his chest hair and shit. He's uh, this, yeah. It's gonna be like uh, he's gonna be like Will Ferrell's character in uh, Talladega Nights. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm the Get best there is, plain and simple. I pissed <laughs> excellence. All right, we've got one more that, and this is a this is gonna be mainly Stompy. Although, I mean, we've got thoughts on this as well, but this. Uh, this one's all you, my friend, because uh, even without context, we're talking about Josh Allen, or even with context, sorry, we're talking about Josh Allen versus Lamar Jackson. And uh, even with con- full context, I don't think that there's going to be much of a disagreement on this one. Okay, so I'm going to say that this is this is Stompy's Festivus airing of grievances corner. Oh, man. Don't make me edit too much. But I won't. Uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to name names. I'm not going to throw anybody <laughs> under the bus. There yeah. was. You some... can't, you also have to avoid gender. That's the tough part with this one. Well, you just, <laughs> holy crap. Boy, I'm not even the one that gave it away on that. Good Lord. You're um, welcome. You're uh, welcome. That's your festivist gift. There was a, a tweet thread put out by an analyst and I'm not going to even call it a even with context. It's even with partial, incomplete, nonsense context. Mm-hmm. So here's the first thing. I mean, comparing comparing Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson from last year. So on a per-game basis, Josh Allen had 182 yards through the air, 0. 0.9 touchdowns, uh, 55 yards on the ground, 0. 0.7 touchdowns. Um, 
Lamar Jackson out of 159 and 0.7 touchdowns, 79.4 and 0.6 touchdowns. Josh Allen, 53.4 completion percentage. Lamar Jackson, 58.2 per completion percentage. And it keeps going. Um, and this person uh, starts to point out Josh Allen's second set, or, or, or not second set, but um, his games that he came back from injury and how he was much better. And that's that's false. I mean, it, it's just flat out wrong. Um, so, I mean, if we look at Josh Allen's uh, game log from weeks 11 through 16 after he came back from um, his injury, he threw for 160 ga- 60 yards in, in his first game back, and then he threw for over 200 yards on his – each subsequent game. So for the last six games, he threw for no, sorry, five games. He threw for over 200 yards. And this person claims that that makes him, that made him a lot better. Uh, but this is why cumulative stats and, and just looking at them out of context, like they did <laughs> is wrong because Josh Allen also threw the ball 33, 36, 26, 41 and 26 times. And, and they will claim that Lamar, I mean, he is a better passer than Lamar Jackson. And again, just flat out wrong because not only, and and by the way, in those games that he, after he returned from injury, 42% completion percentage, 54%, 50, 50, 48, and then 65. So he had 50% or below in four of those six games after returning from injury. Meanwhile, Lamar Jackson, and let me find his game logs here, uh, had he he never he threw for only 200 over 200 yards once but he only threw 19 25 21 24 23 22 and 24 times in the seven games that he started and in those he threw he completed 54% or more of his passes so that that's all well and good and then if we do a comparison tool here i and i it, now it's going actually i'm not going to use that but Let's start looking at like yards per attempt. Uh, Josh Allen's yards per attempt were lower than Lamar Jackson's throughout the season. His adjusted yards per attempt were lower than his uh, than Allen's th- or than Lamar Jackson's throughout the season. His touchdown interception ratio was worse than Lamar Jackson's. Um, and then they're going to start claiming, oh well, Josh Allen's a, as good as or better of a runner than Lamar Jackson, which I don't know how you, how you make that conclusion. Like that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. And they're going to point again to those five games and fine. He had a night. There was three straight games there. He had 99 yards on the ground, 135 yards, 101 yards. And then he had a 95 yard game at the end of the season. Lamar Jackson ran for no less than 39 yards in a game and he had over 60 yards in six of his seven starts. Um, so I, I don't know how you claim he's a better runner, not to mention Josh Allen ran a four, seven, five 40 yard dash Lamar Jackson, though he didn't run it at the combine has been clocked at a four, three something 40 yard dash. So that just tells me that, and not to mention that Lamar Jackson has two 1,000-yard rushing seasons. In college, Josh Allen has how many? Zero. So I just 
this thread is nonsensical because because the person starts to either give the wrong context or doesn't give the complete context or just draws the wrong conclusion from a context. And then they start to claim, oh, well, what about this person's pass catchers? And and I want to compare this, and this is kind of nuts to me. So you have Cole Beasley, you have Zay Jones, you have Robert Foster. I know, John, you like Robert Foster. And you have um, uh, John Brown and then Dawson Knox versus uh, Willie Sneed, Mark Andrews, Marquise Brown, um, and Seth Roberts or Chris Moore or whomever. It doesn't really matter. Let's be realistic. Neither of those inspire confidence. So in order for you to claim that the Bills pass catchers are better than the Ravens pass catchers, you have to be delusional in my mind. Um, So I just – if you think that next season the – Defenses facing the Bills aren't going to keep a spy on Josh Allen and make them beat him with his arm. Again, don't know what you're thinking. And guess what? He is not going to beat you with his arm. I mean, he has yet to prove it. He was not good. He still wasn't good last season despite the, high, again, higher passing attempts, higher yards. Not a fun, I mean, get, I, that seems not like a coincidence. I bet you if Lamar Jackson threw 10 more times a game, he would get – over 200 yards every game. So there's just – I'm still taking Lamar Jackson 10 times out of 10 because, I mean, despite what people say about Lamar Jackson, he was a better passer than Josh Allen last season, and he is far and away the better runner. There is nothing you can point to to me that I cannot refute that Lamar Jackson is better than Josh Allen. I don't really – this isn't my fight. <laughs> I don't really have a uh, – I, I don't care enough to, to argue. <laughs> there it is. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Oh, by the I way, here, here's, the, no, here's, the worst, this here's the worst – Here's the worst stat that has been pointed out. They claim that uh, – or, or they try and mimic those who – or mimic the argument against Josh Allen saying – Oh, his completion percentage was so bad and worse than Jackson's. And then they claim that Allen threw deep on 19.7% of his pass attempts, which ranked first in the NFL. Um, and Lamar Jackson only threw 7.6, which again, wrong context here because guess what? You kind of have to complete those anyway to be a good quarterback. So. I, I don't know what else to tell you here. I mean, this is this is absolute nonsense. Also, wait, hold on. And and by the way, to refute that, yards per attempt was higher for Lamar Jackson. Higher for Lamar mm-hmm. Jackson. So I, I mean and, and I believe is and and I, I'm not seeing it on here, but I believe is yards per target was higher as well. So, and adjusted yards per attempt and uh, adjusted net yards per attempt. It, it, I mean, the only thing that Josh Allen was better at was yards, but that's not a good indicator of how good of a quarterback he 
or not good of a quarterback he is. So I, it's, uh, I can't, I just, I, I didn't, I didn't chime in on this argument with, with this person because I can't with them because I've already done this with them. I already displayed the stats and they could not come back at me at that point in time. So, yeah, uh, I won't come out and say that I don't care, but, um, I mean, I just don't have anything to add. I mean, I, I just, I, I test, I guess. I, I don't know that I don't, I don't know what else can be said here. Lamar Jackson is the better quarterback. That's just kind of all there is to it. And I mean, ADP bears that out. Um, that, I mean, all of the, all of the numbers bear that out. I, I, I don't know <laughs> what else is there. So, uh, yeah, that, I guess the main thing there was just to let you get that off your chest. Cause we certainly don't have, uh, any further discussion to have on that one. I don't believe do we mm -hmm. James? Nope. Uh, Festivus for the rest of us. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. So nice little pressure release there, uh, at the end of the show. But like I said, uh, go ahead and uh, let's start actually using those hashtags. Hashtag no context on a uh, trade poll where there's context missing um, that we need to get uh, in order to make a, a, a more educated decision. And hashtag even with context uh, in those cases where we know the full story, uh, but this is still something that needs to be discussed. And also, hashtag Mariota blows. And hashtag you're, and you're, hashtag you're a dumb dumb. You could use that. Wait, who's a dumb dumb? Like I'm just, just I'm just gonna just use generally? it generally. Okay. Yeah, hashtag you're a dumb dumb. That's that's okay. And then you yeah, can yeah, use yeah. then you can use hashtag no context towards me. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, hashtag, I, I like that. I like one's that. Gotta blow up though. That one's no. That's do the not. big one. We gotta get trending. Hashtag no blows. Let's do it. Hashtag don't, Ryan Tannehill's the starter. Don't that's say two. that. Nobody say that stuff. Do not do that. All right. Anyways, we're don't don't do those. Don't do those hashtags. The other ones, yes. Stompies, sure, kinda. But not the Mariota things. Don't do that. We're gonna wrap this up for the week. And as we do, ask you for a quick favor. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also subscribe to the DLF Family of Podcasts Mega Feed and get access to all of the great podcasts from DLF. And once you're subscribed, if you give us a rating and review, not all podcatchers give you that option, but on the ones that do, those ratings and reviews help us to expand our reach, get out to a larger audience, involve more people in the conversation, and from there we can really zero in on the topics that are the most useful to you, the listeners. And in the vein of listener interaction, send us your trades on Twitter with hashtag no context or hashtag even with context. At Superflex Show, you can also send them to any one of us individually. Stompy's at FF Stompy, James is at underscore James the Brain, and I'm at Superflex Dude. We can retweet them, help you get more votes and comments, and sometimes we even bring them here on the podcast. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the song The Addiction that we use as our intro and outro music, and above all else, thank you to each and every one of you for listening. Until next week, stay sexy and super flexy.